That's all the applause we're getting. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That was for sync, young man. We've peaked. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night, everybody. No, hey, hello. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And you're listening to the first ever, and possibly last ever. Possibly, definitely last ever. Big damn cast. It's so big. Yes, it's so big, we can barely fit it in our... I, I'm going to leave that that's open a, that's for you to decide. Yeah. The big damn cast. It's so big. We can barely fit no, it. No, no, yeah. it's so big. We're opening ourselves up there. <laughs> oh! No! So, we decided... God we, damn it. We talking up about pointless shite online and yep. on streams and yep. everything. Why not compartmentalise it into a weekly, fingers crossed, podcast <laughs> for you guys to check out and download and whatnot? Yeah, well, you know, it's a little trial yeah. So, let's, let's just charge ahead. But as yep. a quickie, for those who don't know who the hell we are... Uh, we are humans. We were born on the planet Earth. Um, we both are roughly anatomically correct. Um, yeah, yeah. And and we we basically waste time talking about meaningless shite. Pretty much. So we thought, why not record it? Because people seem to enjoy that nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're pop culture icons. Yeah. We we know about pop culture and icons and um, pop and pop and culture and culture and cons and that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about pop culture and stuff so let's charge right in first yep. off uh, leaked spidey photos yay they look so good <laughs> when you're going to stop that I was well confused no not going to stop just going to keep going yay in my head all day because they look great we'll do it out loud because then we can hear it yay but, you know, hold, hold, hold off your yay hold off your yay sir hold off okay. your yay what okay. are we talking about Spider-Man Homecoming Spidey's first motion picture as part of the Marvel Cinematic Spidey's Universe Spidey's first motion picture yeah let's the what? first Spider-Man film no how dare you there was one before <laughs> Nicholas Hammond and Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man versus the triads whatever it was called I can't remember Spider-Man the, the dragon something the Spider-Man's motion picture debut yes um, um, well may as well be at least this side of uh, the 2010s yeah Spider-Man is back um, and he's played by Tom Holland because Brits do it better you know Tom Holland's great I'll say Brits do it better but okay let's see how many Brits playing Americans actually do it right Charlie Cox yes uh, Christian Bale for the most part yeah. um, Tom Holland yes that's about it and Henry Cavill when he's given a chance to actually say things Andrew Garfield's British yes he is and he wasn't bad he wasn't bad he was a good Spider-Man his Peter Parker didn't make sense well to be fair a lot of this that is this is how nerds sense. are today. What incredibly cool and rather sexy. They're so cool. I'm not sure that's the sort of outcast be, Peter Parker should be. To be fair, you go back to those original 60s Spider-Man comics, and like Peter is cool and he has lots of friends. Mm. Like, and he's all and you've always, sort of you've after a while he like, hits his stride, though, doesn't he? But you've got stuff like Liz Allen asking him out. It's like come to the thing with us, Peter. He's like, no, I have to do sciencey stuff. But really, he's got to do Spider-Man stuff because he's really Spider-Man. But no one knows he's Spider-Man because he's got a secret identity. And Liz Allen's wait, like, wait, are you oh, telling me the Spider-Man? <laughs> Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Holy balls! Um, so you got Liz Allen being like, no, he he won't come out with me. But I'm so pretty. And Peter's just like, but I want to go out with Liz Allen, but I can't because I'm Spider-Man. And then Glory Grant's like, hey, Peter, do you want to go out with me? Yeah, Betty Brand. Oh, Glory, B- Glory both Grant. Of them. Glory Grant got a chance. Do you not know Glory Grant? Who the hell is Glory Grant? Glory Grant is a... I think she was an employee of the Bugle as well, actually. I think you're making Glory no, Grant Glo- up. Glory Grant is totally real. You're, that's be- Have that's I just so- opened your eyes to a Spider-Man character no, you're not you previously aware of? No, you just put different consonants at the start of Betty Brant. No, no, no. I swear to you. I'm, I'm Googling her Glory right Grant now. is not a We're thing. We're not sponsored if by If Glory you. Grant is a thing at the Bugle, I'm going to eat my hat. Really? And I've got lots of- Pick a hat. 
I don't pick a damn I hat. I want sir, a hand. I'll have to be and say hello to Glory Grant. Glory Grant, what the Glory hell? Grant. More commonly known as Glory Grant, is a Marvel comic supporting character of Spider-Man. She's introduced in Spider-Man 140. Yeah. Is a neighbor of Peter Parker. Peter helps to secure a position as J. John Jameson's secretary at the Daily Bugle, replacing, replacing Betty Brand. You are seriously telling me that J. John Jameson hired someone called Glory Grant to replace someone called Betty Brand. Wait, are you telling me J. John Jameson wouldn't do that? Because he totally would. It'd be like, I don't have to learn a new name. I just have to learn the first I just bit. have to learn a new consonant. Glory Grant and she and Peter were a thing very briefly as well. <laughs> Yeah, true true story. I had, I had when I was growing up, and I've still got it, I had a guide to Spider-Man that was released in like 2002. Like, you know, the... the like the DK ones. The, yeah, yeah, it's a DK yeah. book. Um, and there is a page on Peter's loves, which I always thought was a bit creepy. A page? That's not enough. It's like a two-page spread, but like, you know, big... It's Peter Parker's a lady It's killer. like every DK book. It's big pictures, and then lots of little paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. it was all these ladies. There's fine ladies. And it's out of date by the time it's published. Yeah, well... It was pretty up to date. It, it went up to just before the 2002 movie, and and then they released a new version of it after the 2002 movie with three extra pages about the 2002 movie. Mm. Um, but it was up to date mm. enough to have a page about Ultimate Spider-Man, mm. which is quite cool. But it had like you know, it's like here's uh, Gwen Stacy and Liz Allen and Betty Brant and Glory Grant and Mary Jane Watson and Felicia Hardy. And it was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Glory um, Grant. Glory Grant is a thing. Choose a hat, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> might I suggest a snapback? That way you sort of wheedle it in like a banana. No, I like my snapbacks. Oh. I wear them all the time. Oh. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. It looks great. <laughs> Featuring Glory Grant. Featuring... Played by Donald Glover. Not, not, not confirmed. <laughs> uh, Glory Grant confirmed. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. Um, <laughs> well, there's a new character in it. There's a character called like um, Jessica or Emily or something like there's, that. Who's, there's who's like a new love interest. It's got a huge cast. Everyone's in it. Everyone in the world is a Spider-Man yeah, Homecoming. Got a big damn cast. And every person who gets cast, a new site goes, Is this Miles Morales? <laughs> it's like, what, the 65-year-old woman? She's, she's, <laughs> she's clearly playing Miles Morales. Um, <laughs> I love Miles Morales, but let's have a couple Peter Parker stories before we even think about yeah, Miles. I, let's I do that. We got a few people. There was quite a, an upswell of support for when the new Spider-Man was announced. Was like, let's make it Miles Morales. And I, yeah, I, I would love to see a Miles Morales movie, but... I, it would kind of suck to yeah. not at least have Peter be in the MCU. It's not that it wouldn't. It's not that it would suck to not have Peter. It's just that I don't see how you would make Miles' story work without Peter's sacrifice. Yeah, Miles, Miles um, has to be. Um, Miles basically takes on the mantle. Yeah. Yeah. So it would it, it would be weird to just completely rewrite. Some, I remember seeing on a news site at one point when all that was going on, but someone said, "Well, why not just tell the same story as Peter, but just make it Miles Morales?" And I'm like. Because the dynamics are different, and yeah. Miles deserves to have his story told. Yeah. Not to just piggyback onto someone else's. Yeah, I think Miles is more heroic for the fact that he jumps into the fray that killed a killed teenager. Peter Parker, when yeah. he was When he's younger than Peter was, when Peter started. It makes it so satisfying when he finally like goes toe-to-toe with Norman as well. Yeah. Because it's like, this is the yeah. guy who killed Peter Parker, and Miles Morales is like, oh, hell no. Miles Morales, like, two years younger than Peter was when he started. Yeah. Is like I'm gonna fight this guy because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I God, think I love Miles Morales. I think it'd be easier for Miles to just go, no, I'm not gonna do that, knowing that it killed Peter. But then to go double on it, sort of double down to go harder, double down in Goblin Town, double down in Goblin Town, double down in Goblin Town. I though um, to go back to the suit, I am oh, I'm salivating because the thing is, I've always wanted a, 
you know, Spidey to look like Spidey to me. And which I think, he, I think which Sam, he did in the Sam, the first the Sam Raimi costumes looked, looked really good, but they the, looked sort of slick. I think was the problem. The second Amazing Spider-Man costume I thought looked brilliant. That I thought it that really was, good. I thought that was my favorite costume um, until I saw Civil War. I I, I mean I. Th- I think it probably was my favourite costume. It was just a terrible movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> Civil War costume I like. I'm not in love with it. it it's a good... It's a lot better than the costume for the recently announced game. Yeah. Which I is mean, the weird, massive white spider on the front of you it. You know, someone pointed something out um, about that, actually. They took pictures of, of the three aspects that they show off in the trailer. Yeah. The lenses, is his eyepiece, yeah. does the, the shrinking thing, but it does it in a way that is less comic book expression, more... Civil War Stark Civil War Shutter, yeah, yeah. So they've put in an element of Civil War. Um, when it comes to the front spider, it's the Sam Raimi spider blown up. Yeah. So it's a movie spider. And when it comes to the back one, it's the Mark Webb spider. So they've basically gone, here's all the things you like. Kind of. Enjoy. Enjoy. But they've made a massive in white. I, 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 I hate weird. that just because I like the fact Spidey can be a hero of the daylight and the nighttime and work. But at the night time, he ain't going to be doing much creeping around if you can see a massive white spider creeping about. Do you think they're going with the all-new, all-different sort of illuminated spider? Nah. <laughs> nah. Because he's still like a... Tw- they nah, said, he, said he's going to be an older Spidey, which I don't think we've had since, like, Shattered Dimensions. A video game Spidey where it's like, here's 20-something Spidey who's been established for years. But... If if that's the case, like unless he's in Horizon Labs or something yeah. like that, I don't see why they'd go with a tech suit. Well, one interesting thing I've heard, um, I can't remember where I have the source for it now, but was that the new Marvel games, mm. of which Spider-Man PS4 is the first announced, they're going to be in their own universe. I'd be like, down Not that. a version of the 616, like, I, they're, and not the MCU, but like a new, a, a new universe yeah i mean i'd be down with that sort of of like like the arkhamverse in the yeah yeah if you wanted to it's basically like the comic books but there'll be a few narrative tweaks to suit the story here and there i imagine they'll make it sort of like a greatest hits universe like the arkhamverses you know i do love Um, it it's it's like the best bits of the animated series with the best bits of the comics with terrible character designs so yeah it looks like we're talking about the arkhamverse it looks like they got yeah but you might as well be talking (laughs) about the new spider-man game so um Although um, no, don't bring any, any no, don't bring any part of any Spider-Man. And, and, no, actually, bring some of spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man yes. into their game. But not any of Ultimate Spider-Man, and definitely not any of the '90s series. Sorry, nostalgia. It has not aged well. We'll probably talk more about that in a future episode because God damn it, bears repeating. It is dreadful. The um, '90s Spider-Man cartoon is a piece of shit. Don't let nostalgia get the better of you. Although '90s X-Men is still pretty great. Yes, until season five when they switch animation houses and it just looks like somebody's doodle it all on a napkin. Yeah, well, that's well, we'll <laughs> done it like a flip. I'm sure we'll talk about that. So Spidey in real life, Spider-Man suit. Spidey in real life is looking sweet. And we yeah, were saying before, really we were trying to figure out what, like all the extra bits in the costume, the black armbands and the yeah. white belt and all the the. So the the new fifty two armor lines on the blue, <laughs> and and I was saying before like if you just coloured his suit in black, it's like Hawkeye yeah. or or Black yeah. Widow, you know it it's it's that kind of suit. It looks like a Stark Tech Shield kind of uniform. It's definitely that kind of. It just happens to be blue and red. I apologise for this, Christopher. I'm just going to adjust this microphone. Oh, I love it. Go for it. There we go. Oh. I'm sorry if that felt horrible on hey. your on your ear holes, but. Hey, we'll, just, we'd, we'd, we'll work out the setup as we go along, don't worry. Yeah. Um, I mean, we may eventually just switch to ASMR. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello, I'm behind you. I'm not, I'm in your head. Stop it, your 
in my brain. Oh, I um, love it. it tickles me. Just like Spider Sense tingles. What? I am a fan. Although what I do love about this, and if you want to see these photos, look out. Just type in Google Looper Spider Man Homecoming, and you'll find it. Yeah, photos yeah, of Peter Parker. On Looper. Tom Holland looking awesome in mask and out of mask. It's a cloth mask. Like, it doesn't seem to have the jawline structure that all the previous ones yeah, have. Yeah, Because there he is with it in his mouth, like, adjusting his backpack. And then the next photo, it's on his head and it looks like You can fits. see his little mouth underneath it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. It's not good. That one. But my favourite photo is the one where <laughs> he's basically adjusting himself. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's it, so... It, it's the, the amount of attitude in the photo is hilarious. I would just make that the poster. Just, just like, this is a 15-year-old boy in a Spider-Man costume. Adjusting, adjusting himself. Just tackle. <laughs> because what? that's what you have to do when you... Like, no underwear. Unless you're wearing a dance belt. And let's face it, why would Peter Parker wear a dance belt? They're because he's fabulous. <laughs> they are they are torture devices. It's like I've worn, I've worn a dance belt, and now I know why women sh- don't like wearing thongs. Um, and if you do like wearing thongs, fair enough. Whatever. Just to clarify, you wore this dance belt for theatrical reasons. Yeah, I wore it for not just voluntarily. I wore it for dance. I didn't just wear it for fun. Um, but the, what, I'm, what I'm wondering, looking at the costume, is why was it so CGI in Civil War? Because it looks great in these photos. I wonder if it was because have they confirmed? How much CGI was used on it in Civil War? Or is it a case of just like lighting or the cold the I textures? Don't know. I don't know. It looks... It looks yeah, this is brighter. This is certainly brighter. When I first saw the Civil War trailer, I was like, oh, that looks that looks really cool. And then, I, and then I saw the movie, I was like, that looks CGI. I don't know why. And it's clearly not... There's clearly a practical costume because the shot when his mask comes off, it's a, he's wearing a practical costume. But then all the stuff where he's... Oh, he's wearing sandals in that picture. That's amazing. He's got slippers. He's wearing on. little flip-flops over his Spider-Man booties. Um... <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, then you then you see it in action, and it looks see there's some CGI-ness going on. So I don't know what the deal with that was. Maybe it's just to fit in with the aesthetic of the film, like just tonally, the costume maybe looks a little too bright and out of place. Because like, even even Ant Man, yeah. Ant Man looked like a little gritty, even in a scene where he blows up to insane sizes. And Paul Rudd's eyes. Oh, that's the be- that is the best moment of Civil War. <laughs> the best performance of Civil War is that two-second shot <laughs> Paul of Paul Rudd's eyes after his plan works. <laughs> it's just you, you, the amount oh, of emotions he so goes good. through. Like, my God, I'm it's still alive. So my God, it worked. Oh, my God, I'm holding War Machine. And now I can't wait for Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say <laughs> in my life. I can't wait for Ant-Man and the Wasp to come out. I don't think you're alone on that one. Uh, uh, but also, can't wait for Spider-Man Homecoming. We will keep you up to date with every single panicked news headline that comes out of the development of this movie no as it goes won't. along. No, we won't. Oh my god, that lady from The Thing was cast in it. That means that she's definitely a person. The, the, there's a person in this film. Aunt May confirmed. Wait, there's already Aunt May. Well, another one's confirmed. <laughs> Second Aunt May. To an old Aunt May. <laughs> old Aunt May. Old, old Aunt May. Switching um, over to the uh, the other side of the, uh, the cinematic the movie coin. coin at the moment. Um... Justice League uh, had a big old press visit uh, last week. We didn't visit because we're not press. No, uh, nor uh, are we um, visitors. No, we are residents yes. and not press. Yeah, civilian residents of this town. Indeed, do by Jingo, which by is Joe. not where Justice League is being filmed. We're not in that town. We're not far off. It's in London. We're pretty far off. That's about short train. I mean, we're in the same country. Yeah, we can. Just... <laughs> What, he's, what you're saying is we could just we could just sort of throw a paper airplane their way with some interview questions yeah, on and they could check yeah. it back. We could just walk over there on our lunch break. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. That's, that's how close we are to, to, to our overseas listeners. That's how it works. Like, the whole country works. is just London, and then the rest of us are all just in tiny little pocket towns. Yeah, well, everywhere in the suburb of London. Away. 
everywhere is a suburb of London. <laughs> um, no, it isn't. No, Wait, no. we're not there. But, but anywho, yeah, Justice League. Justice League uh, had a press visit where basically Zack Snyder invited a load of members <laughs> of the press of various news sites and movie websites and comic book sites to visit the set of Justice League, answer a few questions, show them a preview clip, and do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds like this movie has a lighter tone than the two movies that preceded it. Yeah, but, you know, most episodes of Game of Thrones have a lighter tone than BBS. <laughs> That's so... very true. <laughs> because here's the thing. Uh, let's get it out there now. Batman v Superman. Our verdict in one word. <laughs> it's poop. Shite. Like, it's poop. We didn't enjoy it. If you did, power to you. I'm glad you did. I hope you did. But we really didn't enjoy it uh, for various reasons. Look, everyone has opinions, but sometimes those opinions are bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the new slogan. <laughs> everyone has opinions. Sometimes yours is bad. Everyone, Everyone is entitled to their opinion. You're also entitled to be wrong. Yes. It's and a bad movie. As as Batman v Superman was wrong, it was wrong right up the wrong gun. Uh, and not in a fun way. No, no, not in a fun way at all. So it looks like they've tried to inject the fun back into Justice League. <laughs> and Justice fun! Which is fine, but isn't that isn't it a bit late? Like, you start um, a tone. Iron Man, for example, established... And the thing is, any, any person who passionately liked Batman v Superman will say, don't compare it to Marvel. Like, it's a different thing. It isn't. I'm sorry, it's not. it isn't. Marvel got there first, DC are having to copy the formula to stay relevant. Marvel well, well, let's, the... let's specify it. Disney got there first, Warner Brothers are having to copy the formula to yeah. stay relevant. Marvel set the pace. Yeah, that's fine. If they had done the same sort of thing, if they'd gone, right, here's a Superman movie, here's a Wonder Woman movie, here's an Aquaman movie, here's a Splash movie, and now here's Justice League with Batman stuff. If they'd done that, I think we all would have been like, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the other guys did it, but... It's, you're going to be seen as copying either way. The only other way they could have gone, and I remember those designs being passed around online for ages, and I thought yeah. they were going to do this. Animated. Do you remember the Pixar-esque Justice League designs that were doing the rounds online for a while? Well, DC's animated game has always been pretty strong. Mm, but imagine that as a feature-length film. Yeah. An Incredibles-esque in its design. Well, there Justice are, League there are feature-length Justice League movies. They're just all straight to video. Yeah. And, and they're not all great. Well... Uh, public, we should do an episode on the on the animated DC stuff. Public we Enemies should. is good, but it's really just Batman and Superman. Yeah, it's t- um, it's Tim Daly and, and Kevin Conroy yeah. being awesome. The problem with a lot of those movies as well, I find, is that everyone is played by a different actor in nearly every film. Mm. And Andrea Romano is the casting director for all of them, and she is like the goddess of casting voice roles. But you get the sense that Warner Brothers are like, we've got actors in our various shows. We're going to get a star. Yeah, it's like, a star. we got somebody from the Vampire Diaries. Cast them yeah. in, cast them as Batman. Yeah, like, Batman. Look at a star. Look at a star, kid. They're all holding giant cigars. Yeah, yeah. Look at a star, kid. Yeah, come voice Batman in my movie. I'm going to get a star, kid, see? They put it out on an intern's face. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> an intern get was like... Get me a bourbon. <laughs> Should we eat the biscuit? Oh, I forgot we're in London. <laughs> Um, oh god. Bring me a scotch, can't see? Well, here you go. Oh, this is an egg wrapped right around the sausage. <laughs> I was just about to make that joke, bastard. What is um, it, see? Um, so, yeah, DC and Warner Brothers in particular trying to reassure everybody look, don't worry, hey, hey you thought Batman v Superman was glum. It's going to be cool, it's gonna be you know? We've got, got Flash it. in, he's going to be making jokes. Yeah. You know the Flash that you love on TV? Yeah, we've got a perfectly good Flash on TV, but he's a completely different guy. A scene that was either, I think it was either described to them or shown, described Batman and Flash recruiting one another. I think it was shown. Minor spoiler alerts for something that we can't confirm whether it's actually true or not, but it's based on reports. 
shows Bruce Wayne approaching Barry, Barry Allen, calling him out. Barry Allen going, I don't know what you mean. Bruce Wayne throws something at Barry Allen. He catches it, like, with lightning quick. And Bruce Wayne basically goes like, hello, Flash. Hello, Flash. Barry Allen looks at his hand, sees that what was thrown was a batarang. Talk about giving your game away really quickly. Looks at Thingy and goes, Batman? Bruce Wayne sort of nods and Flash pauses and then goes, can I keep this? That is fun. That is how I would imagine a meeting between those two characters going the first time they meet. It'd be more fun with Grant Gustin. Yeah, and it would be more fun if it wasn't Ben, I murder everyone Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Who apparently doesn't do that now. They say he's a changed he's man. He's given up his murderous ways. It's like Doctor Who. It's like, oh, we met Father Christmas, so he's happy now. Piss <laughs> off. Piss off. It's like that. It's 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 the whole thing of like, oh, after Superman's death, it's like he's realised the error of his ways. Yeah, after murdering the countless people for surely, 20 years. Surely he would turn himself in at that point. Oh, God. Being Batman, you know, and you know, a warrior for justice. We're trying not to sound biased, but it's killed so hard. So many it's people. So, it's so hard not to sound biased. He doesn't even try not to kill people. I mean, <laughs> look at that car chase in Batman vs Superman. He, he literally <laughs> uses another car as a mace to hit cars, which would be amazing if it were like, say, the chase in Dark Knight. Yeah. Or something, where he's trying to stop a van, like catapult another car in front of the van to try and slow everything down or whatever, but still killing people. Well, it's, it... here's the thing. <sighs> Batman, and, and I don't know where this came from. I don't think there's ever been a thing in the comics until recent years where they've gone, Batman doesn't kill people. There's always been a thing of like, he doesn't ever want another eight-year-old to lose their parents. He doesn't want people's futures to be destroyed by crime. Yeah, That's always been his thing. And he's never... I don't think Batman, until, like, the 2000s, ever had a strict no-killing rule. Um, it's like a... If I... I, like, I will not kill anyone. If it's the only option, I may do it. I need like, to, if, I'm put, if I'm cornered, and I, I have need to, to do it. I need to brush up on my, hist, my Batman history, my Batstory, mm. but, but, but even in... And this is something that... I'll, oh, God, this pisses me off to nine. Dark Knight Returns, which, again, we will uh, cover, we will cover we'll, extensively. We'll talk about Dark Knight Returns. Because as we have grown and matured, we've kind of realised... Matured. It's not the shining jewel in the crown I, I that will say, make it out ahead, ahead of us talking about it in further detail in, in the future, I really, really like Dark Knight Returns mm. as... A story as a standalone book as a comic yeah as 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 an example of the medium I think it's stunning work and its its significance can't be knocked as to what it did at the time but as a characterization of Batman (laughs) probably not what you should be basing things off yes Zach although I will say this Batman doesn't but yes Batman shoots a dude in Dark Knight Returns he doesn't kill him. Or at least it's never confirmed. Yeah, that this it is kills the guy him. with the flamethrower. Yeah, which is mirrored in Batman um, very Superman. No, it's not. He's not got a flamethrower in in Dark Knight Returns. He's no, only. Got but he a does in Batman very Superman. He, in Batman very Superman, he has a flamethrower no. and also uh, is KG Beast. Yeah, but that, well, again, Weldon Snyder for throwing in another Jimmy Olsen. Um, <laughs> but that's but that's what I'm you saying. Just with, Olsen, you just got Olsen. Just got Olsen. But that's what that's what I'm saying with that is like that's a moment I didn't mind. Where he says like, "I'll kill her," and he goes, "I believe you," and he yeah. takes the only action he can to save the innocent, which is kill the guy, or in Dark Knight Returns, possibly kill the guy. I'm fine with. We'll that. go into this when we cover it. But, but he, yeah, but, he, kill but we'll do this. But the other thing that always always bugged me was the whole like using guns. Snyder's like, it's right out of the book. Sorry, in the book that has that panel where he holds up the gun in front of all the mutants and says, we do not need these. These are clumsy weapons. These this are is the weapon of, of the enemy. enemy. We do not need it. We shall not use it. Which isn't in the movie. No. Nope. In the in the adaptation, that the animated adaptation they did with Peter Weller, 
they have they they get rid of the best line in the whole book. <laughs> And they get Peter Weller to voice Batman, and he has... Like, oh, we'll talk about this at another time. We'll do but, a full episode man. covering the book and the animated adaptation. Because oh, animated adaptation, I like, but it does so many things wrong, yet it corrects other things too, uh, in terms of telling an updated interpretation kind of, of the story. Kind of. Oh, man. But, but anyway... We'll, we'll come to that. Zack Snyder has made the mistake that any Batman film, every Batman filmmaker seems to make, aside from Joel Schumacher, who made a whole basket full of new mistakes, <laughs> um, of, of using The Dark Knight Returns as a basis... Yeah. for the work yeah. which is the rock like Zack Snyder spoiler alert for Batman very Superman but, but Zack, Zack Snyder went on um, I'm going to call it that that's what <laughs> it's called it. I love Batman very Superman Zack Snyder went on Amazon when he started working on, on BVS and, and basically went Batman Superman the first books that popped up were Dark Knight Returns and the Death of Superman he just went they'll do yep. into the basket I'll have those because um, Christ I mean Doomsday is a very like flat villain with not much behind him, but he worked in the context of the original story he was presented it's just in. just boring. And all of the context that made him kind of work in that event, in that story... It's a boring character. ...isn't in the movie, and it's pointless. Yeah, Doomsday should never have returned. He should have been a one-off thing. But anyway, Doomsday doesn't appear in Batman vs. Superman. A cave troll appears in Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. And... Oh, Christ alive. But Steroids. Justice are. League, they're going to make it lighter. They're going to make it happier. Hey, aren't we having a great time? Too late. You've had two movies. They were both grim as... You have established a dark, horrible universe. Don't now flip the coin and say, oh no, it's fun. But it looks like they're doing that with Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, Suicide Squad sort of has the sadistic glee kind of to angle. Because at least with that one, it's like, you know, we're the bad guys, we're having a great time. Sort of black comedy-esque from yeah. what we've seen of it, I think. Yeah, which I think is fine. And and I, I've got to admit, the closer we're getting to it, the more I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a little more willing to give this I think a it might be alright, yeah. It might be okay. It might be dreadful, but... I'm not sold on that Joker still, but it looks okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not sold on the Joker. Especially the whole set report and stuff. The whole, oh, Jared Leto got lost in the role. He's cray-cray. I'm sorry. No. Somebody <laughs> give him a map! <laughs> we get Jared a map! He's lost in the Joker again! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. David! David! Jared's lost! <laughs> you can't find his way to set! Guys, I don't want to worry you, but Jared just sent me a dead rat in a box. <laughs> Why are you tattooing the bloody map on his chest and tapping everything else on there? Guys, he just sent Will some bullets. <laughs> he sent Will some bullets with his name written on them. I'm getting worried. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't he the greatest actor of our generation? He's the best actor ever because oh. he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> There's a reason Brando was regarded as, like, one of the greatest actors ever. And a dick. I know it was regarded as the greatest actor ever because he didn't know where to stop eating. <laughs> I'm going to be the greatest ever. Why? Because, because I'm going to continue be, to eat. Because I'm going to be the biggest ever. I'm going to be the biggest actor you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to be bigger than God. What do you mean? Like you're going to you're going to you're going to be a, an influence? You're going to no. Bring me another steak. <laughs> Bring me all the steaks. <laughs> Mr. Brando, we're ready to begin filming. One second, I haven't looked at the script yet. I've been using it as a napkin. <laughs> Christ alive. What does what that say? Krypton. I'll do that. Christ. Oh, God. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe DC has it in its oh, genes. DC man. Warner Brothers has it in its genes to cock up 
because that's where it started. Look at like forget the Fleischer shorts, forget like the, the serials, Batman Superman serials and stuff, the super serials. Um, like let's focus on Superman. Great lead actor, butchered production. Yeah. One of the movies like the Poltergeist series that's regarded as having a curse, and the star who had top billing, like or at least you know second billing, who was the opening of your movie. Didn't bother learning his lines. Was a dick. Got the highest fee, which was like ten percent of the overall cost of the movie. Yeah, and just rocked up and read all this stuff from cue cards and mispronounced the planet continuously. <laughs> it's almost like DC was set to fail. But based on that, what was Marvel's first big theatrical release? Howard the Duck. So was it? Was that their? I think first? Howard the Duck was the first Marvel property to get a massive oh, film. Man. Yeah, that, that I would love. I would love to be in that that meeting room on that day, Mr. Lucas. We like we're so well. There's your so problem. Pleased to meet you, uh, Mr. Like, Lucas. Is your problem? You, you've done phenomenal work over the last few years. Phenomenal. We love American Graffiti. We love the Star Wars. We movies. love They're American fantastic. Graffiti. <laughs> oh, George, George, we love you. Oh, uh, the work that you and Steve have done, Indiana Jones. Oh, it's amazing. So, George, um, what do you want to make? Let's option, George. Uh, just to let you know, Sony have Spider Man. They recently bought Spider Man, so we can't really do anything with Spider Man. They have, they have him. But, but we have a wide range. We can negotiate for the Hulk. We, 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 we have shared rights with the Hulk, but I'm one sure Hulk, we could get some. Yeah, oh, a Fantastic Four. Oh, George, imagine the Fantastic Four. Oh, I think I've, uh, I've made my mind up. Oh, oh, cool. Uh, is it Iron Man? Uh, no. Oh, uh, no. do you want to tell the story of Thor? It might be a little kitsch, but like what you did with Indiana Jones and philosophy and mythology, maybe you could. Oh no no, it's uh, that one there. Oh, man thing. Well, sure, we could do a heart. No no no, another one past it there. Uh, Mr. Lucas, um, are you sure? Yeah. Uh, how Howard's the key to all this? If we can make Howard work, because he's a funnier character than we've had before. All we just need, all we need now is duck boobs and Leah Thompson. Oh, man. To have sex with a duck. Duck uh, boobs. How would the duck? Christ. Duck boobs. Woo! I <laughs> didn't see that coming. I uh, I like Howard the Duck. I don't like the movie. How no, I love Howard the Duck, but the movie sucks. And it's and, not good. And that was the first big, oh, wow. You know what? My theory's already gone to pot. Yeah. What was the next theatrical release? Batman was the, no, Superman, forget the sequels, aim at individual properties. Batman was the next big theatrical thing for DC, uh, was, right? How did it be? Yeah, how did it was like eighty six, wasn't it? Eighty six, eighty seven. Then Batman for DC. Then Batman, Batman in eighty nine. And then Marvel came back with Captain America in eighty two. Oh, that's that's that a dreadful. travesty. Yeah, nineteen ninety actually. Nineteen ninety. <laughs> that movie where Captain America keeps tricking people into getting out of the car so he can, so he can run away. Italian Red Skull. Robert yeah. ears on Captain America's costume. Yeah. Mr. President! Thumbs up. Uh, Gave us a great man. gift, though. Um, it's so good. So if Justice League could be as light-hearted as that, I think we're on to a winner. <laughs> That's the, yeah, the Captain America 90s movie is not so much light-hearted as it is a straight-up farce. <laughs> it's almost it's almost a European-style farce. People coming in and out, going out of doors constantly and missing... I choked oh, on my coffee, then, sorry. man. <laughs> you made me choke it's on my coffee. so bad. No, oh. superhero movies didn't really get... After the initial Superman and Batman hit, mm. which then both quickly nosedived into terribleness, they but they both gave two financially <clears throat> successful entries. Let's say, let's put it at that, because when put under a magnifying glass, 
the original cuts of the, the theatrical cuts of Superman one and two are a bit in places, yeah. and Batman Returns is that flying sequence in the first one. Oh my! When <laughs> Lois starts, the, you belong in the sky. Lois is in a monologue. Oh man! <laughs> I, I I argue to this day if you stop if you if you tweak that so it didn't rhyme and it was like just and it was like a two page spread in a comic and it was thought boxes for Lois, it could kind of work. Just have it silent. Just yeah. have it silent. No, it would, it would no, so have good. it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Your panties are pink. Yeah, it has music in it. He loves pink, but it doesn't have <laughs> it doesn't have dialogue. No dialogue. No speechy speech. Yeah. No talkies. None no of that talkies. Talk, none of that talky talk. I want a solid Superman movie. The floppy mouth words. He no floppy mouth words. He can't wear the suit. He can't fly. He can't speak. Um, <laughs> put a spider in there. Why not? Uh, real, Will Smith recently admitted to Wild Wild West being a mistake. <laughs> recently? Yeah. It's it like, took him it, a while to work it out. But it's brilliant. It's like that and the Clooney admittance of Batman and Robin from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Basically, what we have to do is wait sort of 90, 18, 19 years for every bad movie to finally be outed by its yeah. star. Yeah. So by that logic, Ben Affleck's going to release an expose in about 15 years' time about Be Very Superman. It's shite. Um, Be Versups. But anyway... Just to say, um, light-hearted, not Howard the Duck. I, you know, we can't say anything. We've not seen a single Yeah, we, we haven't seen anything of it. We've only seen concept art. Um, and concept art's pretty, but yeah, art is pretty. Well, art is pretty. Yeah, art... <laughs> Breaking news. Hot take. Art is pretty, says Chris Johnson. Art is pretty. Um, Coffee is bitter. <laughs> Sky is blue. Usually. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, Zach, let's wait and see what you got for us. But the, the suspicious thing about the set visit was he invited mostly critics who panned Batman very Superman. So these yeah. people can't exactly go, well, this film looks like shite. They all have to either go, well, we'll have to wait and see how it turns out, or thank you so much, Zach, for letting us on Thanks, the set. Thanks, Zach. That's thank amazing. You. Oh, Zach. Zach, thank you for letting me exist on this earth. Thank you for letting me breathe the same air, the same rarefied air. As, as Jason as, Momoa. There's the one that fuels your... <laughs> rampant and engorged imagination. Um, thank you. Oh, I, f- I can feel your creativity warming me. I'm basking in its glow. It makes me moist. Around the eyes. Yeah. Around the eyes. I was trying to pick a duct. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what? That's, that's not a duct. It's Howard the Duct. Oh, um, filthy that. <laughs> skipping a little ahead in the yeah, DC let's, universe. Yeah, let's get rid of... Ju- let's, let's table Justice League Let's now. go back in time. Back in time. To the not-too-distant future. What? Uh, like an X-Men movie. Hey! Well, let's not fuck it up. Um, did you see Movie Bob's video where he basically said, it's okay to admit the X-Men films are bad? Well, I've been saying the X-Men films are bad for forever. But it's interesting that there are so many people in the comments who go, yeah, when you spell it out, yeah. you've got a point. When you think I about it... I still argue that X2 is a damn good movie. It's if... aged a bit, but it's still the best version of Weapon X. To quote Movie Bob, if you squint and pretend it's 2002, yeah, it's a good movie. Hey. <laughs> it came out in 2003. Okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like X2... That much when it came out. I liked it just for Brian Cox. Yeah, well, I like Brian Cox in a lot of things, but he's been in a lot of you bad like movies. Cox in a lot of things. Hey! Da-da-da-da-da-da. Defamation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> tasty, tasty, <laughs> tasty, tasty defamation of character, sir. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Suicide Squad is where I was going with the tangent. Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad, you some international posters have come out to reveal uh, a Marilyn Manson cover, uh, essentially. <laughs> Look at 
the Joker's face. I, I can't see the Joker's face. All I can see is the late nineties um, grunge scene. All I can see is those teeth. Yeah, oh, just those teeth. Grills. I'd be fine with the grills, in the sense that yeah, I'd be fine with the grills if this Joker actually felt like he'd been around as long as Batman. Yeah, because they they you notice how they downplayed in Be Very S. Um, yeah, bull very shit. How they downplayed. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call them. How they downplayed <laughs> no, Batman being be retired. They didn't say he was retired anymore. They just said that he'd been at it yeah, for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, maybe the maybe the ultimate cut, the uh, the all all in all of its all encompassing in all of its girth. We'll we'll lean into that a bit more. But all of its all of its R-rated, only one available I have, girth. I have no intention of watching it, so no. I will never find out. Yeah, we probably should for torture reasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll we watch it at some point. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, they, they they downplayed the Batman retired thing that they did a lot in the publicity early on. Yeah. Um, so, but they still did. Joe Batman's been around twenty years. Here's mm. a Robin suit. Possibly can't quite tell. It's bronze, and the R is really faint. It's so because even in this universe, Robin has to look like he's come straight from a freaking mud it, spill. Yeah, it's, it's Robin after he'd just done the Spartan run. It's it's Robin after he tough mud after he got into a cuddle fight with Clayface. Um, That's how he died. Actually. He won't exist in this universe because he's too silly. He's even too though, silly. Yeah. You know, his, oh yeah, his massive necked killer croc. Yeah, cool. And an alien. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, it, the Joker has to have been around as long as Batman. Except Jared Leto's Joker looks about twenty-five, which is weird because Jared Leto, thirty-year-old, trying to look like a Jared Leto is in his forties. Yeah, so you could play him up. Let's be honest. When they first cast him, and we first saw a still of him in a suit after the publicity tattoo topless shot mm. i was like oh they're going for a bit of a dark knight returns-esque suit kind yeah. of you know pseudo bowie look you know the thin white duke of death which, which is would, a grant morrison which, concept which i quite like which would look awesome yeah. it would look awesome but he's clearly going for a midlife crisis oh man thing. it's just it's those tattoos they're just over egging the pudding they really are I'd be down with the grill if he looked older because <laughs> I'd be like, well, of course pudding. Batman's put, you know. <laughs> of course Batman's punched his teeth out. Of course he needs yeah, a grill. Yeah, that makes that's, sense. I, I like that. That, make, that does make sense in context. Like fake teeth, Joker is. is uh... But we never got. We're not, we're not getting that. Instead, we're getting. Oh, he's doing that to look edgy, which sucks like balls. Well, unless, I mean, unless he gets a Javier Bardem taking his brace out moment. Yeah. In the oh, movie. that's great. Um, um, no, I, I, I like the um... <laughs> Skyfall, or as I like to call it, Dark Knight version two. Dark Knight extended cut. Skiffle. Skiffle. Um, skiffle. Uh, skiffle man. Like, <laughs> Dark Skiffle man. I'm hoping... <laughs> I'm hoping that we get some more context for why the Joker looks the way he does in Suicide Squad because... Mm. It... Like, I'm okay with adaptation and I'm okay with things being changed but it just... It just seems a bit pointless. Yeah. I don't it's... know what they're going for. I don't think they know what they're going for. I think they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And also... But it's it's still shit. The last David Ayer's movie I watched was Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sam Worthington. And it left the worst taste in my mouth. It was a nasty, mean-spirited little film. and Which could work in Suicide Squad's favour. But I hear End of Watch is really good by comparison. I've just not got around to watch it. Is that the uh, the police camera, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. yeah. um, And, oh, Michael Peña? Uh, Is it Michael Peña? I think it might be Michael I'm not sure. I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm not sure. And probably accidentally racist (laughs) in being wrong. God, just so colourblind. Hey. Hey, this Confederate flag doesn't mean what you think of it. Yes, it yes, does. Yes, yes, it does. So, <laughs> wow, look at that swastika tattoo. <laughs> oh, 
Oh. That's not that's that's a joke. He doesn't yeah. really have one. I know. I just have a mouth tattooed on my arm <laughs> so I can hold it up to my mouth because apparently I can't smile. Ha 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 ha. That's a great tattoo. What does it mean? It means I'm the Joker. <laughs> um, oh, right. Is that, is that what that means? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell from the bleached white skin and the... Oh, God. Has he smiled on any of the shots? I don't think he had... Excuse me. My it's crotch not, just no. vibrated. It's not so much a smile as it is a grimace. Jared Leto texted me saying, shut up. It's, I am an actor. It's the big purple guy from the uh, McDonald's commercials. <laughs> now that. It's, it's not so much a smile as a grimace. Um, Can't wait for the Suicide Squad Happy Meal. Yeah. Oh, um, God. Oh, God. Well, the, in Lego Batman 3, they called it the squad, didn't they? They got rid of the suicide bit. Yeah, well, to be fair, to appeal to kids and stuff, yeah. Because there was a Suicide Squad... Uh, it, was a, it wasn't a mission, was it? It was a DLC pack. Well, it was just a character pack. It was, a char- was it yeah, just it was characters? Pack, yeah. But they called, they called them the squad, which, I, which is fine. Because I think, I think... Here's the thing. It's like the Deadpool mistake. Around the time of Deadpool, and just in the year before, they put Deadpool in Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series. Yeah. And they put him in a few more kid-friendly things, which should never happen, no. ever. No, don't put Deadpool um, in like you could, We were talking about this before we recorded, actually. You could do that with the Punisher, because all you have to do is make him like he was when well, he Well, you said appeared. that. I yeah. still disagree. You disagree, but you're wrong. Uh, but like, if you made him... If you made, if you just tell Punisher stories in the style of the Punisher when he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man, mm. like in the comics and everything, mm. you could get away with it. You don't have to... Because with the Punisher, it's more about the moral thing of like Spidey being like, no, we do this my way. We're not killing anybody. And the Punisher's like, okay, fine, whatever. We'll take it. Soon, my dog of war. But first, we do things my way. Whereas with Deadpool, Deadpool will not listen to reason. He will kill people. Yeah. Because he is insane. Because he's Deadpool. And he'll get paid after he's done it. So don't put Deadpool in Spider-Man stuff. Unless you can do a crossover comic, in which case you can rate it T because whatever reason, la la la, blah blah blah. T for team. But with Suicide Squad... I think you can, as long as you call them the squad, you can get away with putting them in, like, kid-friendly animated series and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because you just have it as, it's a team of supervillains who are doing good things. They've got trank guns. Yeah. yeah, trank guns. And, you know, you don't have to use Deadshot, for example. You can stick with, like, Killer Croc and Harley, and it could be about wacky mallets and big crocodile people and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you can... Harley and her wacky mallets! <laughs> oh, don't. I've got three Harley Quinn action figures. The new 52 Harley Quinzel, um, what's it? Like, uh, she's in her hockey outfit from her solo series. I bought it because it looked really stylized and kind of cool. Even she comes with a mallet. I would have preferred a hockey stick to actually fit the outfit. Couldn't. The new 52 one I bought has a sledgehammer, which I was like, that's different. I'll accept that. Uh, but, you know, we can give her an inflatable mallet. Can we? we can we talk about Harley Quinn? Because I don't have the same love for the character that you do but even I feel that they're they're, they're kind of make, taking missteps at this point Harley like, with what they're doing with her I'll, I'll clarify now the only pure Harley Quinn the only pure version of that character untainted unfiltered spot on is Batman the Animated Series that's where she exists and Mad Love by extension because written by Deanie drawn by Tim animated series comic book that then retroactively became an episode. Yeah. But like, that's Harley Quinn. She is a tragic figure. She, she, she is, she's one of two things on the surface. She is either the sexy mob mall who you look at Joker and you go, you crazy. She adores your every word. Pay attention to her. You've got like the most gorgeous girl ever like falling over you. Like stop being such an asshole to her. Like she's Joker's sidekick as one thing. Yeah. And as another thing, she is a tragic. She's a, co- a character of tragedy and comedy combined. 
she she is a representative of a really really like sensitive subject she is essentially the victim of relationship abuse but she is willing to take it mm-hmm. because she's delusioned she is an intelligent character yeah. but everyone has their flaws and what's interesting about harley she is an intelligent person she is a therapist she's a psychiatrist who is unfortunately obsessed with the notion of celebrity she has a fairy tale chasing desire she wants to be famous she wants to write a piece on the joker she wants to meet these colorful criminals who she sees more as fascinating rather than dangerous and unfortunately one of them completely appeals to her and she's smitten by him and she falls in love it's the thing she's always wanted she's always wanted the fairy tale yeah and the joker is her prince he is her weak link and that's why, and I always feel like he, I think my ideal Joker, when I think of him in my head, because we all have like versions of the character in our heads, my ideal yeah. Joker does kind of like Carly, but she's an accessory to him. Yeah. I think there yeah. is, I think there is some affection there, but it's more a case of like, oh, look at you, you cute little puppy following me around everywhere. But as the same as a cute little puppy following you around everywhere, he sometimes is like, stop fucking following me everywhere. Well, I think is there's this sense that he... She's complex, yet basic. He, he, he outgrows her as well. <laughs> she, she's, she's a game at one point in his life. She, yeah. She's an accessory to get him out of Arkham. And then he keeps her around because she's kind of sexy well, and and sort of useful. And it's funny to watch her being corrupted. I kind of like... I'll, I'll keep going back to this because this, I kind of... I really like Grant Morrison's notion of the Joker where he's... He literally, he, he, his personality is reborn periodically and he basically becomes a different person in a different phase of his life, sort of like... Bobby. But one person. But one he's person. He's one person. One I person. to believe any other version But he's like, he's just like a, like a, like a Bowie style reinvention. Yes. Um, yeah, like you're saying through White Duke of Death. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's what happens in, um, during Grant Morrison's Batman run, there's, a, there's an issue with Batman, which is all, which is pretty much all text and mm. like photo collage. Is this while Dick Grayson um, was Robin? No, no. This, oh, sorry, this while is, Dick Grayson was Batman. This is before, just before R.I.P. Okay. Um, and it's just, this is just after Batman and Son. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's... The, There's some gaps in my reading collection. It's all about the rebirth of, of, <laughs> of the Joker precipitated by him being shot in the face by a Batman Im- imposter mm. that from the previous arc. There's the bullet that nearly kills him. Yeah. So he's in Arkham and, and, he's, and his personality is reborn and the, and he, the, the scheme... His scheme is eventually revealed to be that he's luring Harley to break him out of Arkham and then he's going to kill Harley as he moves on from that phase of his, of his from that old personality. Yeah. Um, which Batman foils. Um <laughs> Hey! Foil again, brother Batman! So, it, you know, it, it's... And there's almost a sense that that's what... Because from that, from that point on, she kind of... She was then part of the Gotham City Sirens and it, yeah. she was kind of walking the line between being good and being bad and then she became on the I think Secret Six or Suicide Squad she became a part of after that and I think it was Six and then and then yeah. Squad yeah and but now it just seems from an outsider's point of view that what they're trying to do with Harley is just make a dead, sexy Deadpool mm. yeah and which is stupid because Deadpool's sexy Deadpool yeah Deadpool is already sexy sexy so puss covered Deadpool you don't need to do that but yeah it just seems it just seems like they're doing the character a disservice <laughs> with what they're doing with her at the moment. And I say that as someone who doesn't have... I I, 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 you know, I like Harley Quinn as a character, but I don't have the same reverence for her as you do and some other yeah. people do. Well, they're not telling the story of Harley Quinn anymore. They're telling yeah. the story of the hot topic 
lunchbox action figure chibi funko harley quinn yeah like the 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 style icon the 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 pop culture image of harley quinn which is both a good thing and a bad thing because it's like wow this character who is brilliant is getting a lot of spotlight oh god the more spotlight she's getting the more they're diluting what makes her interesting mm. now I re- i've read the first like 15 issues of, of the and a, and a few of the specials of the harley quinn new 52 run yeah and it is is fun and, it, and i will admit a lot of the reason why i liked it is because it reminded me of the joe kelly deadpool kind of era it definitely seems like that's the thing they're going for like it's almost separate, like or like the dance lot She Hulk. It sort of feels like a separate entity that's oh. kind of cheeky and within its own, within its own world. The dance lot She Hulk is so good. It is great. <laughs> like it feels like it's in its own world, and and that's you know that that's that's fine. Yeah. But then it tries to tie in. I stopped reading it just before they did the story art where she finally sort of sort of met the Joker within that uh, book. Yeah. And then I heard about that, and that split people down the middle, because a lot of people said it was very empowering to see her beat the crap out of it. No, literally, it was very sharp. It split people down the middle. There were a lot of deaths. It was very messy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. She's on a lunchbox. Yeah. Um, come on, um, kids. But, like, but like, a lot of people like thought it was really empowering. She was like basically abu- like smacking her abuser in the face. But a lot of the people... And and I can't I didn't read the issue, so I can't really say which one I am, but I, I guess I'm more no to idea. this side. Other people were going... This feels more like a statement on relationship abuse rather than something starring these two characters. Yeah. And and it's it, it's weird. Like she shouldn't be used as a poster child for overcoming your oppressors mm. because she mm. is a villain. Mm. And I think people forget that like they say Harley's a role model. Well to be fair, any character is a role model if they are held up. But here's the thing. I mean this we can get into a whole other thing with this. When people say like Wolverine's a role model because he's a hero. Yeah, but he's also a murderer. Yeah. And, and he's very and, and open about the fact that he's a murderer and yeah. he's a savage. And, and he's a... very open about the fact that I'm not a role model. It's However, a... yeah. his, his code of honour is certainly he, to be fair, something with... one could look at and go, I appreciate that and I think that's a good message. With Wolverine, at least in the years leading up to his death. <laughs> um, oh, oh, you just dated this episode because I, I give it about a week. Uh, well, old man, old man Logan's already in the new Marvel universe, so um, at least in the in he'll the, be back when they've got to sell comics. He'll be back at least at least lead in the years leading up to Charles Schul's death of Wolverine. Uh, so that what that death. Yeah. Uh, whenever you listen to this, he might have died and returned several times more because he's an X Men character. When you want to earth this podcast um, in twenty years, yeah. Time. Uh, <laughs> why are you listening to this in 20 years time why aren't you like in virtual reality sex space um, <laughs> also, why are you doing this with your time uh, in the years there was a like through the pages of Uncanny X-Force and Wolverine and the X-Men it was definitely a sense of him like being like yes I'm a killer I'm a murderer but I can move on from that and be something better and be a role model and show people that that is something that I ha- that I do Yeah, but I do it so other people don't have to and I can, I've learned from my experiences with that and I can go, look, you, this is not the path you always have to take. Yeah. So there was a character evolution there. And I get that characters evolve, but I don't feel like Harley Quinn's evolving. She's just being shoved into another box by editorial. And like, this is what we want her to be now. That's what she is. Mm. There's no change. It's just, that's what she is now. That's what she does now. She's Deadpool now in a bikini. Yeah, that's the other thing. There is, um, again, like, 
we're either going to get called like prudes or sexists or whatever. Definitely not a sexist, guys. Definitely not a sexist. I'm definitely not prudish. De- um, absolutely not prudish. You got boobs? Great. Boobs yeah. are great. Boobs are amazing. And what I love about this is we made notes before we started talking of stuff we were going to touch on. And I jokingly wrote boobs, but here and we are. actually touching on boobs. Here we are. We're not touching boobs. We're touching on boobs. There are no boobs here. But Well, there are. Harley's but... costumes, or lack thereof, yeah. has sort of been this thing over the years, like... When she was the mob mall, when she was the Joker's psychic, when she was his arm candy, mm. who then we learned more about in the animated series, again, still the best version of her, um, she's in a one body stocking, she's in a one piece suit, yep. she is a harlequin, she is a clown, and it's f- it's figure hugging, but it's not revealing. Well, it depends on what mood Bruce Tim's in, really. Yeah, well, well, in the animated series, it's, yeah, it's well, figure hugging yeah, revealing. Yeah. His artwork, different story. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Over the years, her costume has tweaked and changed. The Arkhamverse, as much as I love the Arkham games, the Arkhamverse exposes her for her sexual appeal because whether Rocksteady would admit it or not, part of the reason is because you're selling video games to horny teenage boys. Whether, whether teenage Rocksteady girls. would admit it or not, they're terrible at character design. Yeah, well, for the most part, yeah. When you see, when you, I've got, I've got, I've got, with women. I've got the book called The Art of Rocksteady. When you look at the, the preliminary, design, preliminary designs and, and the, you know, the guy who did the artwork on the character profiles for the first game. Oh, yeah, stuff, yeah. You look yeah. at that, you're like, wow, these are brilliant. Um, and, and for the most part, the models and everything in the game look great, but there is that whole thing of like, why are the girls barely clothed? Oh god, the designs are horrible. Well, the designs are horrible. Well, it's because, ultimately, it'll be either from Warner Brothers or somebody, somewhere along the line, someone said, you've got to sell this to horny teenagers. Mm. So Catwoman needs to have her tits out. Poison Ivy needs to be in a pair of leaf panties and a tiny red shirt oh, all God, the time. it's so awful. It's, you it's know what's so like, you know bad. What's awful with that? You know what's awful with that? I'm fine with her being like that in Arkham Asylum because at least narratively she's trapped in her own little thing and, yeah. you know, whatever, like, and she's probably going to use that to her advantage. She wants to try and get the attention of her guards so she can fuck them over and kill them and escape and whatnot. La, 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 she, la. That's how she operates. And people are like, that's sexist. No, that's what Poison Ivy does. She's a seductress. <laughs> like, yeah. She's a seductress. Men, women, plants. She will have sex with it or make it think she's going to have sex with it if it means she can then kill it and take advantage of the situation yeah she will do that um that's poison ivy she is a femme fatale in definition is that a regressive thing i don't know discussion for another time and for more intelligent people than i and possibly matthew but to be fair you're quite smart i am the one who babbles and changes topics and tangents the point is say something smart quick before i can go back um plants are good for the planet nice work uh- <laughs> poison ivy is like that is the way she is la 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 um but then when it gets to Arkham, Arkham City, she's transported, she's broken out, and then she hides out in that house in the yeah. Catwoman DLC. So fair enough, same design, whatever. Arkham Knight, why is she still wearing a tiny red shirt? Doesn't make any sense. She's got her hair up now, probably because it graphically like was less complicated to do than the wavy living hair she had in the previous two games. Mm. But she should have been in clothes, or at least been in a Poison I- Ivy-style outfit, because now she's free. But whatevs. <sighs> Whatever's Trevs, and you'll be like, "Oh, well, the Harley broke her out of the DLC." Yeah, but she, like, between Arkham City and then, she could have put some goddamn pants on, mm. or made some pants, as it seems she can do. Mm. But la la, Harley Quinn has always been in a figure-hugging outfit, but not like, look at my tats until the New Fifty Two. And, and, Arkham, is... and Arkham Asylum. Well, yeah, but if we're focusing on the comics, because again, Arkham Asylum, they're using it to sell games. But I think I'll, I think the Arkham Asylum it... designs also then directly influence the New Fifty Two. Yes. 
But then again, the Arkham Asylum costume kind of makes sense because she's like, it's the game of the night. She's like, I'm dressing up like a sexy nurse because like, look, I'm one of the doctors. Uh, but then whenever anyone's taken inspiration from that, it's like in the Arkham, the yeah. Arkham Underworld app that's about to come out, the new game, she's dressed like that, except without the mask. It's like, why? Why are you dressed like that? She even says in Arkham Asylum, like the outfit B-Man. It's like, you know what I mean? She's, I don't know. Nah. Arkham City, she's dressing sexy for some reason. Oh yeah, to sell games. Arkham Knight, she is again. I'll say this with the Arkham Knight costume. If a cleave was covered up, I'd be like, okay, fair enough. But she's got a tats out for no reason in Arkham Knight. Oh yeah, selling video games. But in the comic books, Harley's costume is whittled away to barely anything. Which again, kind of betrays, you know what I mean? Like, like she only wants to be, as horrible as this sounds, sexy for Mr. J. Yeah, in the Arkham games, like obviously she's sexy for reasons. But when it comes to the comics, who's she? Who's she trying to sort of show off to now? And also in the New Fifty Two, she's white all over. So are you kind of giving away that you're that mass murdering clown girl if you're walking around exposing all of your bleached white body? I don't understand it. But yeah, which brings us to Suicide Squad. I felt physically sick when the second trailer came out. And they had the prolonged shot of Harley bending over, arse to camera, in focus. Here's, here's Margot Robbie's ass. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm feeling sick because of Margot Robbie's ass. It's a perfectly well-structured ass. <laughs> and it's, you know, she's a beautiful lady and la la la. But then the third trailer, she's getting dressed in front of everyone. What? Why? Why? I mean, yeah, Harley's confidence is, is something... She has confidence. She does have it. But at the same time, why is she getting undressed in front of everyone? I don't... I don't... I... Hmm. Hmm. I worry, as someone who, like you say, is really into that character, that she has just become Lunchbox Harley Quinn. She has become, hey, everybody, want a fap to this? <laughs> Harley yeah. Quinn. Um, yeah. As a character, and I think we can... We, I think we've had this... We've chatted about this stuff before, like, for a laugh. Like, can you find a fictional character attractive? Like, based on the character or the way they're depicted or illustrated, I think you can. Yeah. Because yeah. it adds dimension to them. It means, I don't, it I don't means that they're well rounded. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. I don't know who would argue that isn't. I see why people are attracted to Harley Quinn. It's either a bad girl thing, people go, like, oh, yeah, she's a bad girl, or it's a protective thing. You're like, no, I want to take care of her because she's making stupid decisions and this guy's going to kill her one day. But really, though, with Suicide Squad, really? Mm-hmm. Really, really, really. Uh, just mm, the whole film. The whole film could be an exercise in doing, you know, um, Ocean's Eleven with supervillains or whatever. I mean, it could be an exercise in bad guys leading a movie and it working. And I hope it does. I have high hopes for Suicide Squad. I won't be upset if it doesn't meet them, because the DC EU hasn't really given me any faith in that way yet. But at the same time, I would be really sad. Um, if if they squander it in certain ways, and, and but I, I hope it's good. I don't I don't think anyone hopes a movie's gonna suck, do they? That's not a thing. No, no one ever wants I, any I, movie I don't to ever suck. I want a movie to suck. I want all movies to. Why 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 would I be served by movies being bad? I didn't want BBS to suck. It just did. Hmm. I paid I, I paid be, money oh, to man. get into this room. I want to have a good time. I want BBS to be good because I like Batman and Superman. Why would I want it to be bad? But then it just ended up being bad, and now I have to talk about it being bad all the time. <laughs> Well, we so people want... go, oh, but, but I really liked it. Well, you're an idiot. 
Your opinion is wrong. Yeah. Um, not yours. That's the new slogan. <laughs> if you like BVS, we don't agree, and you are wrong. But I hope I'm not. Well, I hope I'm not wrong. I don't know what I think about Suicide, Suicide Squad. I hope Suicide Squad isn't wrong. I hope they get it right. I hope they do Harley service enough. But from the evidence so far, it does look like they're just using her as the poster child. And also with her origin. Again, we can't comment. We haven't seen the film. But from what we've seen in the trailers, Harley's origin is the new 52 revised version of her origin. Which is the Joker torturing and tormenting her and making her into Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Which, for me, is... I hated that. When I read that in the New 52, I think it was in the Zero issue. Yeah. Uh, of either Harley Quinn or... Um, Suicide Squad. I hated that. I hated it. Because part of Harley's story is she chooses to let go and become a psycho for this guy. Which is part of the tragedy and why it's sad. Yeah. That's why it's sad. She becomes a psycho. She becomes a sidekick for misguided love. And that's part of the tragedy of the character and the appeal of the character and everything. Um, Whereas in the New 52... She sort of, she, she's the one who breaks him out, but after he kind of influences her directly to do it, I think they make out in the uh, rec yard at one point, pre, prior to that, mm. and then he takes her to Ace Chemicals and dips her in a vat, and he throws her in, and then pulls her out, and he's like, you're like me now, and she looks at her skin, she's like, yay, and it's like, well, hang on, no, no, she makes the choice. She is her own undoing. No, she is she she is her own liberator and her own destructor. I don't think you understand, Chris. <laughs> Women can't have agency in media. That's not how it works. Oh, I'm sorry. All the decisions have to be made by male characters. <laughs> Christ. And based on the trailers, that's what they've gone for in this movie uh, with her dipping, with her pushing and pushing her into the vat, diving in after her, bathing her in the chemicals. It's like, oh god. I don't know, man. Can we talk about something else now other than Harley Quinn? Because I'm getting sad. Okay. Let's talk about one more thing. And we'll but call it One a day. more thing! One more thing! Um, one thing more! Christopher, I've Darling. Been, I've been watching something that you have no knowledge of. Footage of me sleeping? <laughs> yes, that. Exactly that. <laughs> I've been watching Preacher on... Um... Preacher, brother. Hey, Preacher! I've been watching Preacher on Amazon... It's on Amazon over here. Amazon. Amazon. Let's go layman's here, by the way. I have... You ready for this? Shock horror. I've never read Preacher. That's not... That's not a shock. Well, give... Oh, thanks. Well, give me... You would be buying uh, Harley Quinn New 52 books. Um, give me give me a very basic... Give me the back cover summary of Preacher. So, pre- the book. Preacher the book is about a... Funnily enough, a preacher. What uh, name of Name of Jesse Custer... Who's disillusioned and unhappy with his job and is losing his faith. And then he becomes inhabited by a celestial entity. Ooh. Does um, it at least, like, take him out for a drink first? Well, well. <laughs> uh, no, it blows up the churches in his entire con- con- congregation. Oh. Um, but he gains the power of the word of God so he can make people do um, anything he wants by telling them to do it. Oh. Um, but So, like, Ella Enchanted. Kind of. <laughs> Um, and he hook, and and he gets and he gets together with like that comparison's never been made before. And then he finds out that God's left heaven. Oh, and he's like, "What? He's got a timeshare inside." God, for us. God, God's just left creation to it. 
And then the angels from heaven and the demons from below want to get back this thing that's inside him. And so then he gets together with his ex-girlfriend, who's sort of a hit woman, and his new best mate, Cassidy, who's a centuries-old Irish vampire, um, and goes on a road trip across the USA to find God and bring him to task for what's gone on. <laughs> that's the comic. It's it's tasteless, violent, uh, offensive, vulgar, and even Garth Ennis has admitted that if he was to write it again today, he'd do a lot of things differently, but it's just the way things work. So it's um, the story of a dude with the will of God at his beck and call, yeah, the, the voice, voice of God at his beck and call, looking for God, fighting demons, yeah. fighting angels. Across America, and so it's got a very much of a, a, the 90s Americana culture, and it starts in the deep south. And... I mean, the artwork alone, I know the cover art, like, it's burned into my brain, because the first time you well, the interior it, you like, oh, wow, that's... The interior art is Steve Dillon, yeah. who's famous for drawing Punisher, because he draws everyone with the same face. Oh, it's that guy. So it's that guy. He, um, I, I know him because of his run on Wolverine. But Garth Ennis... He did Wolverine Dill- for a while and Darkin and Logan looked like the same dude. Was Garth Ennis writing Wolverine at the time because Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon worked together almost exclusively? I don't think he was. He was um, during the Darkin stuff. Okay, I don't know. I don't uh, know all, all that shite. And Wolverine, yeah. for some reason, had the, everyone has the physique of a mildly athletic person. Wolverine got bad. Even Hulk has the physique of a mildly athletic yeah. person. He's just as taller than everyone else. Yeah, he's the issue of Hulk that Steve Dundrew is bad. But anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> so um, that's the book. That's sounds, the book. Sounds pretty cool. That's sounds very book. 90s. It's really good. Sounds like, sounds, like the, sounds like the bastard cousin of The Crow. It's very much of its time. It's got serious problems. There's a bit of... There's a bit of like... Don't we all? There's a bit of like kink shaming and sort of like unintentional... In think the it's, 90s? Yeah. Really? I think it's some unintentional homophobia from Garth Ennis' sort of Catholic upbringing which he's, he now regrets so yeah when you if you read it now you have to read it with that with the fact that in mind that it's got serious issues but fundamentally i think it's a good story and an important comic i'm just, I'm just thinking dark Knight returns yeah. yeah it's it's not yeah it's yeah it's it's seriously <laughs> vulgar and offensive and downright tasteless in parts so and there's a lot of like graphic sexual violence so just bear that in mind if you do read it, um, so cult hit though. And I, <laughs> people, oh like yeah, it. no, it was a big hit. Um, I would recommend it if you can handle that sort of stuff. Just you, you know, keep in mind that it's got problems when you do read it. Um, TV adaptation is now a thing. The TV adaptation is produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, starring. Because I remember when they first announced that, everyone was like, "Really? Yeah." Um, and we'll come on to that in a sec. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said sec. Yeah. Uh, so Dominic Cooper is Jesse Custer, um, Ruth Negger is, um, Tulip, and Joseph Gilgan is Cassidy. Joseph Gilgan might be the most perfect piece of casting in recent TV history. It's like they just got Cassidy off the page and put him on the screen. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, however, the TV show appears to be about a completely different character named Jesse Custer, who is also a preacher, and then gets the word of God, and then just hangs around in this dead-end town for no reason. Sorry, are you saying that they TV it? It's... (laughs) Oh my god! We can only afford one location. Let's just stay there. I can't remember if I'm five or six episodes in, because they're all blending into one at this point. They're all blending, blending into one big episode where nothing happens! Nothing is happening! <laughs> and, 
And then and they're oh, teasing. Like, they've they, they got this habit of they start the episode before the credits with, like, a cold open, teasing something that's going to set up. Like, so there's a character in the comics called the Saint of Killers, who is an Old West dude who dies and then gets made. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Don't. Spoiler for the comics. Don't worry about it. It's a, I say it's a spoiler for the comics. Oh, the no, Saint, I'm, a, I'm a spoiler for him. He dies. I said. I said. I said a spoiler for the comics. The Saint of Killers turns up at the end of the first issue. Okay. All Western and creepy. He's looking. still not turned up in the <laughs> show, but they've spent the cold open of two episodes, not two consecutive episodes. Episodes two, no, episodes three and five. So it might have been two and five. <laughs> So it's not consistent. They've spent the two cold open of two different episodes setting up his story, and they've still not got there. What? 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 Yep. What? What? Um, Come again. They've changed Jesse and Tulip's backstories, um, which then changes their motivations and characters, so they're almost unrecognisable as the same characters other than the fact that they have the same names. And kind of dress the same. Um, sort of. Yeah, it's... <sighs> There's a, the tone of the series is right. The tone of it's right. But they're introducing characters who don't come in much later. They're moving stuff around. There's people who all live in different towns, all in the same town, and things are happening weird. And Jesse's still not left town yet because he's got the power. Genesis is in him, and he's got the he's got the voice of God. But the church didn't blow up, so he's just being a preacher now. Oh Christ. Uh, and it, <laughs> so, so basically what he's saying is they've gone we have a platform to tell yeah. a very big loud aggressive story but we're just going to stay in one town yeah we're going to we're going to stick about i think what they're going to do is end the end the first season and and then turn the second season into the big trans trans america road trip that the story becomes and they, Garth, they have and, they have just had it green lit so yeah. they have that room to play and Garth Ennis is on board you know he's uh, he's on board with the series he's not like keeping it at arm's length is involved this isn't him trying to redo what he didn't like oh it might be but I think but I don't think he's actually writing any of it I think he's just working with him as a consultant but he is involved um but I'm I'm torn with it because I like a lot of what's going on in terms of like I like a lot of the characterization I like the performances I like the tone of it yeah I like the setting yeah but Jesse doesn't feel like Jesse Tulip doesn't feel like Tulip. So two out of your three main characters don't feel like the characters they were in the comics. If I hadn't read the comics, I don't know if I'd have that problem. But I think if I hadn't read the comics and didn't know what was coming, I'd have checked out by now. Would you know what? Because nothing's happening. Let's set an experiment for this time next week. I'm going to watch the first few episodes. Well, I think it's the first five are on Amazon yeah. now. I'll give them a watch. with no Because like we said, I haven't read the book. Yeah. Maybe this is maybe this is your chance to find out if someone sticks around because it's because I think a lot of American television suffers from that thing of we have thirteen or twenty three episodes. It's, it's going to be a short season. This yeah, I think this, this is the second one that they've commissioned is is a is a double length one because um, that was my problem with Flash. Like you introduced me to Flash. Um, ah, not that Flash. No, but the yeah, Flash, the Flash, but it's as campy in places. Um, you introduced me to the Flash, and I've got to admit, and I, I was at this year as I was going, I didn't really 
go, yes, until about midway through the series, it did feel like a lot of flat build. You could remove about ten episodes from that season, and it would still work, um, as long as you edited a couple of character moments into a montage (laughs) in the middle, and went, this is what you missed. Um, And maybe that's what's happening with Preacher. They're going, we don't want to blow our load now, let's wait till series two, so we've got to establish it, and now we just have to hang around. Mm -hmm. Which sucks. Like, tell a story. Tell a goddamn story. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other shows where they are, where they where they go, do you know what, we're going to tell it in this amount of series, and then done. And they keep it quite concise. I'm trying to think. There's a show that's that's either starting or, or finishing now. I can't remember what it is, where they've gone like, yeah, we're going to tell it in like three seasons, and then we're done. And we're not doing it anymore. Well, they did that with... Um... Penny it's Dreadful. Bold, it's bold to do that. Penny Dreadful. Yes, yeah, it's, like, Penny it's Dreadful the current series is like the next is like the last. Oh, it's one just finished. It's just finished. So there we go. It's like they've gone. There we are. That's our tale. Yeah. We're not. We're not going to overextend it. We're not going to. Brian Fuller wanted to do that with Hannibal, but it got cancelled after season three. But I think he's trying to get a season four from somewhere. God, you could um, nowadays. Like Netflix, whatever would take it up. Like yeah, crazy. I think they're, they're talking about doing Could've that season it. four. But the, he had he planned. I think he planned five seasons, but he only ended up getting three. I've never. I've, um, ne- I've never understood. The uh, the idea of, of seasons, like, just being extended when there is nowhere to go. Yeah. Like, even, even when it kind of works out, it still doesn't work out. My favourite show of all time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Joss Whedon had a definitive ending. Mm-hmm. Season 5 was going to be the end. And even Season 5 in places felt a little lax. When it hit, it really hit. When it didn't, it was like, oh. So and the end the, of Series the 5 ending the really end. hit. Yeah. It really hit. But then during that series... Warner Brothers comes forward and says, mm. look, we will give you a home. We guarantee you two new seasons. We can give you two new seasons off the bat. Please make more. And he, he apparently spent ages going, no, 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 no. And then an idea for a story hit him. And he went, okay, let's do this. And to be fair, Buffy season six has, again, when it hits, it really hits. Yeah, I really but like But when it doesn't... Six. It's kind of shit. And then season seven, like, it's never bad. It's never bad television. No, but it it it's when it's when the highs are so high, the average lows come across as really low. Yeah. Um, I think the worst thing a show can do is be dull. And like, the best thing yeah. a show can do is be amazing. The Certainly. the sort of average thing a show can do is be terrible. The worst thing it can do is be boring. Certainly, the towards the end of season seven of book. Yeah. Well, I just checked out. Well, it's sort of like I've mid series six, and then most of series seven is I've, dull. I've never finished series season seven because I just got bored. My my girlfriend never um, ever watched series seven. She watched the last episode. So last year, I sat her down and we watched series seven in a go, and she was like, "I'm glad I watched it now, but I have no intention of revisiting this." Yeah. Just go watch season two again. Just, just go watch it. Just go watch series the... seven. Watch like the first five episodes, then skip to the storyteller, and then watch the last two. Just go. Back... Oh, watch the last three because Nathan Fillion's in the last three is Caleb. Just go back. Just go back to season two and watch the episode with the swimmers turning into fish people again. That's that's all you need. You, that's you, all you, you need. You may jest, but series two is the best. Series, series two is really good. Series two is its best season. It's really good. Open the series with here's the big bad guy from last se- like, that, that was set up in the end of last series, the anointed one, this child prodigy. What could they possibly? Oh, he's been killed off by this to just show up and kill him Love who it. are now the villains Love oh wait it. mid-season they're gone oh well who's the bad guy now wait the character you you really like has become evil oh shit they're the villain Sexy oh shit we're bringing the punks back as well oh my god this is great and then it ends on a cliffhanger and it's fucking amazing Buffy if you've never watched it uh, you pick the worst time because it's just been taken off of Netflix annoyingly 
I think it's still on Amazon. Amazon! Amazon! Seek it out. If you've never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, do yourself a favour. Watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You probably get the whole series for like 50 quid at the moment. It, it, is, it is the grandfather and the father and the cool skateboarding just, teen child of every modern fantasy and adventure series. Just be careful if you're going to watch it because there is a HD version. I'm doing the air quotes. Yeah, you avoid, avoid that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Do them near the mic like ASMR. The, the HD. Um, air, air quotes. Sorry, air quotes. Um, 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 which is not <laughs> HD. It's just they went back to the original masters letterbox, and they, letterboxed they, it. they, they, no, 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 they, they've not, they've not oh, the cropped in. It. They've yeah. gone back out because it was a lot of it was filmed in sixteen nine, but four four three. Yeah. So you go back to the original masters, and you can see stuff on the edge of the frame, like sound booms <laughs> that was never supposed to be in the original. Shot because although they shot it on sixteen nine, it was then cropped to four three for TV. So you go back and make it sixteen nine, and there's stuff in the frame that shouldn't be there. Joss Whedon before he left Twitter um, made a very public spectacle of it, and he said like, "Hi Fox, you are not showing the version of my show that we made for human consumption. Yeah, sort it out." And it's, it's like, just, I don't know if that I, I know Fox. Are that's why there's it. not. That's why there's not been a Blu-ray release yet. Yeah, so it's not been released because that, I think yeah. Fox were intending to release that version on Blu-ray. So I think and enough okay people there. went. Have you even watched what you are editing? Yeah, you morons. Yeah. Um. So that's bad. Yeah. So you get get, get Buffy on DVD. The bo- the complete box set alone is like. I think of, it's like fifty forty five quid on Amazon at the moment. If that, I mean, in deals, it comes down even more. Yeah. And then get Angel because Angel's pretty damn solid as well. I would argue seasons. by the time they had both ended, Angel was the superior show. But that's a discussion. Well, it was adult. That's a discussion for another day. But back to what we were originally talking about. Yes, <laughs> I'm sort of enjoying Preach. I'm enjoying Preacher enough to not give up on it, but I'm also getting. Endlessly frustrated by the fact that it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's not. I said Sounds that, like The Walking Dead. I said that nothing happened, and it's an AMC <laughs> show as well. Well, there you go. Um, and I said I, I keep saying that nothing happens. It's not that. It's not that nothing happens. It's that things happen that don't seem to have any connection to the other things that are happening. But it's clearly working towards something. But there's no sense as to what it's working towards. It's all very disjointed. It's a bit confusing. Even as someone who knows the characters, I'm doing the air quotes, air quotes again. again. <laughs> I, but I don't really know the characters because they've changed with the backstories and settings so much that they're not really the same characters, even though they're called the same thing. Particularly two of the main characters, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> but there's there's something about the tone of it and the setting of it which is really interesting and um, greasy in Ooh. a good way. It's got a deep South grease to it that I quite like. Um, what we need is someone like yourself to make the sacrifice. Watch it all, and then tell the rest of us what's actually worth tuning into. Well, Game of Thrones is finished, so I've not got any <laughs> anything else left to watch on Monday nights now. It's like Agents of Shield. Like <sighs> I, I, I started that when it got a UK broadcast and went, I'm glad that it's three episodes in. I was like, I'm glad the show exists. It's not for me. And I stopped watching. I finished season two. I really like the end of season two. I do need to watch some season two, but I remember, I remember you saying to me like, Watch series one from this episode onwards. From episode seventeen, yeah, onwards. which was which was the uh, yes the Lorelai, yeah, it's the one with Lorelai and, and, and Sif, yeah. and and Yes Men, and I watched it from that. That was great. I remember the one after it being in, or the next episode, and then after that is, is when, when the Hydra reveal kicks yeah, in, yeah, yeah, and that was interesting. And I'm glad you did that for me because I was like, that oh, was cool, interesting television. That. that that was one night of me just putting Yes Men on while I was cooking on my laptop on Amazon Prime, and then after I'd finished eating. 
three, four hours later, I'm still sat there at the kitchen table watching the rest of it. I think season two might be on Amazon Prime now, and season two is probably worth watching in its entirety. So uh, let's let's set a task here. I'm going to watch the first, say, like three episodes of Preacher this yeah. next week. Just watch, just watch all five. We'll come back. We'll regroup. No, watch, we'll get stronger. Watch, <laughs> watch up to date because episode six will be on Monday night. So watch them all, then we can talk about it properly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's six episodes. Okay. You can do that in a week. Okay. Well, I'll you can try. do that in what? A day, an afternoon. Assuming we record this the same time next week, then yeah, you've got a week. That is. So I'll report back and I'll let you know if it works as a show on its own without the context. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick up on Preacher and we'll have some more things to talk about next week. Indeedy Do by Jingy Joves. Yes, I hope you've enjoyed the show because we'll, we're going to make more of them so you've got no choice. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, you poor bastards. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us for uh, an inaugural slash um, pretty inconsistent episode. <laughs> we're working it out. We're working the form. We'll massage the format. Big Dumb Cast. If you want to keep up to date with it, then uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, keep subscribed to this YouTube channel. They're here, Official CDJ. Or head over to SoundCloud, Official CDJ. This is the home of it for the moment. Uh, and also, don't forget Big Dumb Stream, roughly every Saturday with occasional streams here and there on Twitch, Official CDJ. Also, links are in the description of wherever the hell you're watching or listening to this. Wait, roughly every Saturday or every Saturday roughly? Oh. Hey! Both. See, we're getting back to the Big Damn opening thing. Yes. Gaping. Uh, we're gaping <laughs> and ready to accept more. We'll see you all very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we need like an out, don't we? Uh, in the meantime... Um, peace out? Uh, don't... Don't eat the, the black ones. Don't... Watch AMC shows. If it's got green bits, trim them off. <laughs> well, we'll end with a piece of advice. If it's got green bits, trim them off and eat around them. It's probably still good. Microwave your sponges. That's... What? <laughs>